We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2021 Rocket Mortgage Classic Picks, Bets, Preview, One and Done, and even a recap of the extended edition of the Travelers Championship. Jeff Feinberg will be on the line in a second. I want to remind everyone out there to smash the like button to the episode. Subscribe to Mayo Media Network, and in the comment section, you tell me which of the favorites is your favorite this week. You had to bet one of them. Which one is it going to be? 30 to 1 and below is what I'm talking about when I talk about favorites. It's like sometimes I talk about, give me your favorite long shot. And they're like, oh, I love Jason Kokrak this week. He is 25 to 1. Like, give your fucking head a shake, pal. Like, figure it the fuck out, okay? I don't know why I'm already on edge. I'm actually quite happy for this tournament to be going on. I'm in a good place. Jeff Feinberg is also in a good place right now because although I did not hit a winner last weekend, my guy made five consecutive bogeys to end his round. Jeff Feinberg did hit a winner after what was it eight playoff holes with harris english eight playoff holes i guess both of their 18th holes in many way would have felt like a playoff i feel like i told my wife i'd be able to help in like five minutes you know as kramer was like lining one up on 17 thinking okay the moment might be too big and i don't know it was cool never ended but uh yeah i was jealous of you most of the tournament, though, I'm like, how did I not listen to Pat on Bubba? Like, I should have picked Bubba. What kept me off Bubba? Um, you know, but hey, I don't know. Sunday comes. English killed it. Love it. 
thrilled. It's funny because in the first look show from last week, I was all over English just based on what was happening at the U.S. Open. It was just very reminiscent of what Shez did two years previous, coming off a West Coast U.S. Open, putting together a really nice week at the major, then going out and winning at the Travelers. But instead, I just bet Charlie Hoffman. So that didn't really work out. Uh, before I get too far into this, I want to remind everyone to play in the best tournament on DraftKings, the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Link is in the description right now. Also, join the newsletter. I send those out for golf season, at least, on Wednesday evenings. I got some shout-outs here, Jeff. We got a bunch of people who won the Harris English bet tailing you, so you're making people money, unlike me. I believe that's three winners in five weeks for you, too. But the Lex Express turned $1 into $500 on DraftKings. Pretty good. D. Huger won 5K, taking down the Listener's League. Congratulations. Uh, Dave Marensky believe I pronounced that wrong, but still, he turned 10 cents into 20 bucks. It's huge ROI. Shane Smith, obviously the big winner of the week. Congratulations, dude. He won the 555. That was good for $100,000. But I do, Jeff, want to give a special shout out to this newcomer on the scene. Uh, I believe his name is Saul Goodman, DFS. He turned $14,177 into 964. That's a big week. Way to go, Saul. Way to go, buddy. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for following the picks. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't know. He can have fun with it. It's funny. Not as many people like catch on or like uh, take the bait like they used to, though, with those types of tweets. No, Big big T is really the king of it when he's doing it. It's like, oh, I'm in for 22000 and he cashes like 800 bucks. Like, hey, I won 800 bucks. People are like, no, you did not. I don't think you know how math works. It's, <laughs> it, it's bad that people have caught on to it, honestly. It's a great week. Shout out to DraftKings also, Pat, who they had by far the best English number on the market. 50 to 1 DraftKings Sportsbook. So shout out DraftKings. Yeah, so hopefully you hit it at 50 to 1 on DraftKings Sportsbook. Um, oh, did you see my announcement that I'm hiring for football season? I did see your announcement. Uh, yeah, apply within. Yeah, so uh, it's the pinned tweet uh, on my Twitter account right now. It's also up on uh, Facebook.com slash the PME. I'm hiring at least one host for NFL season for a fantasy football show that I'm launching probably in around three weeks' time. Uh, we got some big names lined up for it, but I also think this is a great opportunity. If you, know, you have zero experience in the space, you have some experience in the space, and you're just kind of a grinder at like a smaller place, and you want some more exposure, and you think you're pretty good, uh, just submit me a five-minute video. The instructions are in that tweet to Mayo media inc 2 at gmail.com uh, if you do not follow the instructions and you go over that five minute time limit i'm throwing your fucking email in the trash like you just you can't follow instructions you're not going to get a job shocking how that actually works but i would recommend doing it sooner rather than later because if i get like 20 submissions in the next like 10 days the deadline is july 10th by the way uh, i'm gonna watch all of those and if 200 come in on the last day, you know, I might like, have to pick and choose because you waited too long. You know, I want someone who's eager to go get this job. So uh, you can find all the instructions on that tweet. It's a paid gig. So if you're looking to hop into the fantasy football scene, production experience would be a bonus, not necessary. Uh, I want to try to find some talent out there. And Jeff, I I'm thinking, do you think you have the stomach to do an every week Charger show? Bolt up with Jeff Feinberg. Uh, yeah, fine bolt. Fine um, bolt. I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I think so. I, I'm already, geez, I don't want to go here, but every time Brandon Staley opens his mouth, Pat, like I fall in love more. Jeff, when, um, was, when was the last time the Chargers had a coach that you didn't immediately like? I remember you were glowing about them, Anthony Lane. All of them, <laughs> all of them. 
I, he was Octavia by his first like week on the job. I, I don't believe that. He caught their name wrong at his introductory press conference. Uh, he started 0-4. I mean, there's still room for Staley to start 0-4. Uh, but yeah, no, no, this feels different. This feels different. This feels different. It's not just me. It's not just me. People that have heard him speak, you don't make the ascension in the coaching ranks like he does as dramatically like insane a leap as he made from one level to the next, to the next, to the next. And you're like, that's so weird. How did he do it? And then you hear him speak and you're like, holy shit. So let's go. Fire it up. Training camp starts in about a month. Thought I would be able to like stay calm maybe until like late July. But no, I can't. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'll have fantasy football show. I'll have fantasy football shows on Wednesday and Thursday, NFC South and AFC South to round out the division previews. The other six divisions are already up on Mayo Media Network and the Pat Mayo Experience, Aja Podcast. Uh, Andy Lack, your boy, is going to be on the Pat Mayo Experience yeah. tomorrow. First timer, uh, breaking down golf as well. Plus, the Euro Show is going to be out Monday evening. And starting next week, uh, I'm not going to make the official announcement yet, but there is going to be a new golf program on Mayo Media Network, Jeff. Not featuring me or you, though. Do tell. Why, I can't. I, I'm going to wait. Even you don't know. So I, I've talked to I, the people involved, and uh, I'm excited. Okay. That's that's exciting. Uh, yeah. More golf content. Yeah, more golf content. you got to like quadruple down on golf. We're quadrupling down on football, golf, and UFC, and see where that takes us over at Mayo Media Network. Plus, the Everyday Euro Show is still going on. John Reed has his Everyday Wimbledon bets. are like five minutes long each. Uh, my pick show and DraftKings Ownership Show on Wednesday, the video will be up on Mayo Media Network. If you are a podcast listener and you are listening to this podcast right now, subscribe to Daily Fantasy Sports uh, Picks and Bets The Mix. I'll throw that link into the description down on, or just in the in the description of this podcast. You subscribe to that. It will come out on that feed on Wednesday. I don't want to overwhelm the PME feed. The other feed is where the overwhelming short-form content goes, and that's a short-form show. Let's talk more about Travelers. Uh, I read the Bubba Watson post-game interview, and I actually kind of liked his state of mind. I don't know what, he hit that approach on thirteen. He took out a five iron and tried to get to the green in two. And I don't know what happened. I was watching it without sound. I, after he hit it, I was like, oh, he laid up. But he clearly did not try to lay up, but he did end up laying up. And whatever happened from that shot on was just god-awful golf. But in this postgame, he talked about it, and they were just like, hey, how do you feel? He's like, you know what? I'm just happy I was in contention. That's what I want to do. And he's like, I threw up all over myself. If that happens again next week, you know, it's fine. Like, I put myself in it with a chance to win on Sunday. It happens. I, I thought that was a pretty good mindset to have incredibly healthy they all acknowledge how hard winning is he obviously realizes he didn't have the golf required to win a pga tour event down the stretch on a sunday um the only guy that can't seem to like make that work i guess would be finau but every other player like of that high-end skill pat they're just like no get me there like i'll take care of it enough like Put me there. The math will work in my favor. I'm too good for it not. Um, or sometimes you get lucky, not even have to get in good. And in many ways, you could have argued Bubba like, could have gotten to the finish line getting lucky because I don't think anyone thought like sniffing 12 was going to, um, you know, having 12 
on 18T was going to do anything for you at at, at 3.30. But no. but it was. But, yeah, he obviously had a tough day. I enjoy those post-round press conferences. I enjoy um, the transcripts, getting to read them. Even Brooks, Pat, because they're, like, nonstop with him about, you know, he forgetting the Bryson stuff. There's now, like, the thread that he leaves out there with um, his focus for for non-majors, uh, you know, and he's continually asked about it, and every time he's asked about it, he sheds more light on it. He's like, yeah, listen, it's hard for me to focus at, at these events, like, be it, a, be it a Thursday, be it a Sunday. Like, for whatever reason, the courses, and he kind of, like, alluded to the courses um, aren't hard enough that he, like, can't, like, force the focus. Well, at the majors, like every pin is like three yards or three feet from like being in trouble where you have to be focused. He's like here, most events, everything's like eight feet, 10 feet from trouble. Like, I don't know. I can just get by. Um, So I don't know. I kind of do genuinely love his honesty. And he says it without saying it like, no, the mate, like he kind of said, anyone can win these, the majors. It doesn't work like that. Well, that's what I wrote about and talked about in the Sunday show. If people want to go back out and check out the first look and research, when I dig into the stats is when you get to these easy courses, especially in a field of 156, like the travelers, like this week, like next week at the John Deere, like the entire field is live because it's not hard. Like if your wedges are, if you're hitting everything to 12 feet and you're making a whole bunch of putts, you're going to be there in the end. Like there's a reason that KH Lee can go out at the Byron Nelson and just run away from everyone. And then when you get to the U S open, it is the who's who in, in golf. Cause the course is just so much harder. Like people always think like the easier, the course oh, hostler had one. Yeah. But like uh, the, the easier, the course, like the, uh, it's, and it doesn't look good. Cause Bryson ends up going out and winning last year uh, at this event. And you know, that's going to happen from time to time. If the best guy shows up with like their a game, they're going to win these events against the weaker fields. But I think it, nor- it really normalizes the talent between the high end and low end. When you get to an event where it's just basically a putting contest. I think that's incredibly uh, well said. I think that's essentially what Bre- Brooks um, alludes to every time they want another thread on it and whether they mean more the majors to how hard they are there's a consortium of factors that that or just the fact that he's so goddamn successful at them that whatever he's doing w- is working for him and it's not like he hasn't been able to win um y- you know he he got the win in phoenix this year he lost at the finish line at a wgc Last year, he won He won that WGC the year before. Like, it's not like he hasn't had runs in non-majors. He played great this week. Um, and, yeah, I don't think he's, like, interested in seeing, like, like, trying to get more focused for these events. Like, I don't think he wants to mess with, like, the, the recipe that's, like, working so great for him. You- he knows he'll pick off enough of these randos. Even if the general public doesn't think he's capable of it. Well, and uh, you mentioned like the WGCs. He has a good track record WGCs, although I don't think he's ever actually won one. He has a bunch of like second and third place finishes and a second and third place finish. Didn't he win one? I don't think that he did. Did he? He came second. He he lost to Thomas at St. Jude. Did he win that the year year before? Doesn't he have like a one and two there? Or maybe he won there when it wasn't a WGC? No, I think he... Or am I just making... I think that he had a second there when it wasn't a WGC. I think. 
anyway. Whatever. I'm just here to say he, he he's so good. He's gonna pick enough of these uh like random tournaments off. And he's yeah, he said every pin is like three feet from treble at a major. Like I my focus probably goes up because of that. Uh and here I can make a 15 foot mistake and be just fine. He did win the WGC at St. Jude in 2019. You were right. He came second last year to Justin Thomas when we had the monies on. Remember Thomas hit that awesome shot from underneath the tree on the last hole? Yes. He survived a water ball or just missed a water ball too. Whatever. You brought this up last night, and I thought it was pretty interesting. And Maybe people are so beaten down on it from this point that we all just kind of laughed at everyone like during the match play. It's like, oh, my God. After like two good whole two good rounds and two good matches at the at the match play, it's like Kevin Kisner, Ryder Cup team. Like Harris English is almost qualified for the Ryder Cup team at this point. He's an eighth in the point standings. Like a couple pretty good, like another really good finish or a high finish at the British Open or a WGC or fuck if he wins like the Wyndham or something like that. He's going to be on this team, not as a captain's pick, as a guy who qualified. And uh, when do they cut off? I mean, the Fe- the FedEx Cup playoffs are in play there as well. And he had some great runs last year. Didn't he just lose to DJ? Um, so the multi-year results are are there. And yeah, I was just saying it in jest, but it, it gets nauseating when I wasn't even saying they needed to turn that broadcast into a Harris English for Ryder Cup debate. It's just so insulting to the audience when they try to force... Kevin Na, Ryan Palmer, Kevin Kisner, Ryder Cup conversations on us. Like, oh, I wonder if Stricker's watching. Yeah, man, Ryan, like, who gives a shit? It's like, not, but it's not even going to, it might not even end up being in a debate with Harris English. He might just be on this team. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's another part of it as well. Someone even joked with me in my DMs. Like, if this team has Phil and... Harris English, should I just be betting the plus 150 uh, Europe right now? I'm like, you know me, I'm always on Europe, but I'm not ready to make those types of decisions. I think the big numbers will still be there. It's a fun conversation to start having. You count the months on your fingers. Uh, We're almost kind of there. And I guess in many ways, when guys like Finau and, and Webb lose their footing, uh, there's room. There's room. Be it Kokrak crazy enough who, if he does something special, why wouldn't he be in the position English is in to not ha- even have to be a captain's pick? Well, he's 16th in the standings right now. Like, even if he won this week, that'd be three wins for him in a year. But he doesn't have like the major performance. Like Harris English has two top fives at the U.S. because the U.S. Open ran twice. He finished inside the top five both times at the U.S. Open. He won the Tournament of Champions. Won Travelers. Like that's giving him all those points. Even if Kokrak wins the Rocket Mortgage this week, I don't even think he passes Finau yet. Okay, that was probably a, un, uh, an unfair comparison because it is right. You even get to include Harris's like amazing finishes um, finishes last year. So yeah, it, it is it is all there. I think there's spots on all these teams that are probably in question that might not have been in question when we did shows at Christmas. Well, there's yeah, there is a few people up here like Keimer moved up to 21st in both ends of the standings with his second place finish to Vic over in Germany for the European team. But the European team is looking pretty nice minus one guy. 
And it's only going to take a few more decent finishes from either Lowry or Guido to earn their way onto this team. Like Vic Perez still has the final spot in terms of the world points for the European team. But right now it's Rom, Fleetwood, Hatton, Rory, Hovland, Casey, Westwood, Fitzpatrick, Vic Perez. And then you have like Lowry, Guido, McIntyre. They're all lurking. Sergio and Rose are lurking down the list a little bit more. Poulter and Wallace are down there too. Like you can construct a pretty good team here. Like it's pretty solid from top to bottom. And depending on how the they end up ranking, picking, they're like outranked like two to two to eight in the top 10 in the world, I assume. It is, but I mean, all the world ranking points are skewed towards American events, which they should be. They're stronger fields, but that isn't to take away from, that doesn't mean- No, that, but even that, someone super, joked on- Go ahead. Sorry, someone joked on Twitter. They showed the world rankings and like everyone's American, but Rom and obviously it'll remind me of someone else, probably Rory, Rory right? Yeah. Uh, and they're like, guess what? America will still find a way to lose the Ryder Cup. <laughs> like, I, I do think, I'm listen, the, the Americans should win. It's at a very yes, generous course to them at Whistling Straits, and they have just a lot of great players on this team. But when you go, Harris English is up to 12th in the world rankings, by the way. Yeah, uh, he was he was 19th. I think I even used that in my argument for him. Like, I don't know. Like, I think he's 19th in the world, I think, coming into last week. So, 12th. Yeah, so Rom, Rom is one, Rory's 10th, Hatton's 11th. Those are the three top Euros. Victor is 14th. Then you really have to go down the list to find Casey at 21, Fitz at 23, Westwood is, 20, say, Westwood is 27. I'm amazed when you did that points list that Fleetwood still has that footing. Like, he hasn't done anything. I don't know where like, that's... It, I don't... I can't figure out where it's coming from. I don't know how the year... Like, I, we do remember where he overloaded finishes, and I don't know what European tour event he got triple max points from or something in the last eight months, but, but, but trust me, like, I've been bleeding like a fish sometimes with this guy. The results aren't there, so I don't know how he has those points. Yeah, and he's second on that list, too. So I don't know how far back they're actually drawing from. Just just looking like at... Like, last night, I thought he was vulnerable. Like, now it seems like he'd really still have to mess up. Even worse than he already has. Hi, Paul. What's up? Uh oh! Oh, car cardboard fell down in the background. Paul's going to fix that. We'll continue on as we go here. Just looking at Fleetwood's numbers, like seventh in the Abu Dhabi Championship to kick off the year. He had the T five at the match play. That's helping. He was second at the Scottish Open at the end of last year. Third at the Portugal Masters. Uh, in the race to Dubai, he was tenth at that tournament. Like he he doesn't have a lot of missed cuts, so he's just kind of like piling up points. But if you go back farther than that, I mean, like the like are we going back to 2019 like if we go to the end of 2019 he was second at the race to dubai he was first the week before at the ned bank he was t2 in dubai third at the honda classic like if it does actually go back that far i'm pretty sure that's where his points are coming from listen to me he's i don't think there are that many players better than him and they'll probably want to keep uh mollywood together for at least one more ride um, well, which Molly, just, which, which Molly ends up making the team? Cause I think it's neither. Yeah, I guess Molly could be a captain's pick though. <sighs> That's tough. There's what three spots available for, for captain's picks on the European side. I don't know if he's going to get one of them. Like if, if, if everything stands as it is right now, you'd have to think like McIntyre, Guido, Lowry, Rose, Sergio, probably all have better cases than him right now. 
Poulter. Yes, Poulter is do. probably more likely to be a random captain's pick than anyone. Yeah. I don't know. There's a lot to fight for at the back end of that team. That's why I bet Poulter so hard at Barracuda. At, uh, Barracuda. at Palmetto, which English was in the final group at. He, like, laid an egg, but final group at one week into that great U.S. Open. It's easy to look back after a win to be like it was coming, but form player kept his form happy. That was my form guy riding. Um, yeah, that back end of the Euro team seems like it's wide open. Like, there are moves to be made for, for, for a consortium of players. And you even said it, like, Victor Perez is in a spot, right? Yeah. Like, how locked could that be? Like, that's got to be loose. Yeah, it's, it's got to be loose. It's funny because looking at Perez right now, he is he's ninth in world points, but that currently has him on the team because the guys ahead of him qualified through European points. But he's also sixth in European points. Like Burned is knocking on the door. Like Rory kind of needs to have a good open, a good Scottish open, and a good Irish open to keep his european points up because he's just getting them all through majors right now so this is really the time where he goes out and puts up some european points on the board he's still fourth in european points but like weisberger or perez could catch him uh if they have like a nice three-week run here in the rolex series what happened to the french open by the way wasn't that usually like last week or this week did they change that around i guess it all got got moved around and and i guess quickly got to mention i didn't see many well firstly Lots of people hit me up asking if I bet Hovland. No, I didn't bet Hovland at six to one. And I I was mad at myself for a bit, Pat, because I like even if I got, you know, a certain sports book to make me my exotic, like buy a field goal prop, would that have been like 15, 18? And he still wouldn't have covered it. Yeah, he didn't it. cover it. He so, didn't cover the minus two and a half. So I guess I look stupid. <laughs> I look stupid. Um, not that I didn't bet him, but like People are like, he can't even win the Euro event by the field goal. How do you think he's going to win the PGA events? Obviously, I'm just having fun, guys. Like, when I bet Hovland, it's like a 90%, 92% stake on that normal number, and then me having fun with something that I kind of do actually believe in. And he's going to win like a hurricane on, on, on tour. And he went from the injured eye to a win. Great week. And Martin Keimer's making moves again. It's a great week. Had a blast. Nelly Corda won. Fun. Fun you, week of golf. You know that Keimer hasn't won since the 2014 U.S. Open? That is pretty wild. He's had this crazy little run of form, though, right? So people are excited. If he if he wants to, to like fully commit to a Euro Tour schedule, he, he, he should get that win, right? Like, I, would, I would think so. Do you, do you think that like if he continues to play well throughout the next part of the summer like has a good oh like i'm not saying like win the open championship become like now t17 at the british open and have some good results pick up one of these european wins along the way considering he won a major at where the Ryder cup is do you think that puts him in discussion question who would you rather westwood or keimer well is there room for both westwood's on the team like he's on by points so I that, guess, yeah, yeah, the, right, yeah, he won the race to, yeah, you're right. He's like locked. He probably can't even move. Uh, he can move. He could get caught, but he's probably not going to. Doesn't get feel possible. I forgot about that. He was like European Tour Player of the Year last year. He must have has amazing points. Yeah, and then he went like two, two, two through the Florida swing, <laughs> like that. And one yeah, of them was the players, yeah. which was worth a ton of points. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, st- stupid comment. I don't know, man. He's a he's a vice captain. They announced him in Harrington. 
on the weekend, I think, Pat. No, him, Harrington's the captain. Him and GMAC are the vices. Well, GMAC doesn't look like he's in any danger of playing himself onto the team. But if Keimer does get, like I said, he's moving up to 21st in both. It's going to be hard for him to actually qualify. He'd basically have to win the British Open to get it on points. But if it's like, it, it almost comes down to like the Billy Horschel, Chris Kirk type rule for the European side. Like, do you just take this guy, like these guys who are on absolute heaters at the moment and try to keep him going if he can put that together? I would say that Guido's the one, like Guido's actually earning a spot onto this team, I think uh very possible they're getting ready man they've got Ro what it's rome 2024 or i don't know what the schedule is i don't know how they'll get back on normal schedule but yeah guido's making his moves uh that should be fun i'm curious what his plan is now for the summer well he doesn't he, he doesn't have full status on the pga tour so and he's he not probably get exemptions if he wants them it's tough because zalatoris is taking all the exemptions which is, it fucked over that guy who just had, like, the... Remember the guy who auto-qualified from the Corn Ferry Tour? Because he won the three events? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he I don't know his name. Yeah, I don't know his name either. He got he didn't get into the field this week because he needs to get one of the sponsor's exemptions, and they had to give it to Zalatoris. Like, it's ridiculous Zalatoris doesn't have full status on the PGA Tour. He's, like, the number 28 player in the world. I don't, yeah, and the rule's changing, too, and he's still going to get screwed. I don't know what to make of that. That's super weird. But Guido... You could put them in a real awkward place, right, when he's not allowed in the FedEx Cup. He, he probably is not going to qualify for the... He has to win an event, essentially. Has to win. Has to win to get into the FedEx Cup. It's so freaking weird. Uh, Guido's run right now is second, second, fourth, and he was T13 at Travelers. It's pretty good has gone from 192 in the world to 68 in the past four events. I'm, I'm here. I'm here for it. Let's go. That was, that was good times. Let's be honest. You're not getting as good of sleep as you need to be. Whether your problem is falling asleep, staying asleep, or just not feeling rested once you wake up, that's me. You're not alone. More than half of Americans, I'm not even American, I still experiences. More than half of Americans report having trouble with getting enough sleep. At Brickhouse Nutrition, our team of on-staff physicians is on a mission to get heads on pillows, and we'd like to introduce Dreams Sleep Aid. By taking science-backed ingredients like melatonin and combining them with natural ingredients from the earth like valerian root and jujube fruit, Dreams is a perfect blend for the perfect sleep. Go to BrickHouseSleep.com and get 15% off your first order at checkout with promo code MAYO. It's time to sleep like a brick. BrickHouseSleep.com, promo code MAYO. Welcome to StockX, the only live marketplace for what's now and next. Whether it's the latest sneakers, apparel, electronics, collectibles, or trading cards, everything on StockX is brand new and 100% verified authentic. With StockX, you have the power to shop millions of hard-to-find or sold-out products at their true market value. Discover products that are on the trend and ahead of the trends by shopping on StockX. Download the app or sign up online to start buying and selling in a few easy clicks. Start shopping at StockX.com. Access the now. Again, StockX.com.
All right, let's talk about the Rocket Mortgage Classic. It's the third year of this event, Detroit Golf Club. It's a Donald Ross design. We're out of the Pete Dye swing. We're into the Donald Ross swing. We got this. We got Wyndham. We got the Tour Championship all coming up, 7,370 yards. But it plays a lot shorter than that. Uh, three of the power fives you can get to in two. You can make a bunch of eagles. This is, I mean, I guess now that the Byron Nelson has played it, you know, the bunny ranch or whatever the fuck that place is called. Uh, this is probably the easiest course on tour. It's going to be an absolute birdie fest. Lashley won at minus 25. Bryson won at minus 23 last year. And this was the debut of Bryson's strategy last year of just like, fuck it. I'm going to hit it as far as possible. I don't care where it goes. And then he did the exact same thing at the U S open and it worked at both places. Uh, yeah, I, I would agree. I mean, we kind of sort of came out of the restart, like, okay, we're going to watch Bryson closely. And like, no, this seems like it's working. We should bet him to win the U.S. Open. And then you did, but I didn't because I'm a dummy. But looking at it, this is the course with the third longest driving distance on tour. The average drive is over 300 yards. So everyone hits it a mile. So when you look at some of these par fours that are a bit longer and the par fives that are a bit longer, they're not actually long because basically every single hole plays like 30 to 40 yards shorter than it's actual listing. Cause there's so much roll on this course when it gets baked out and everyone's driving it so far, like the average green and regulation rate is 73%. The fairways hit is like 66% with guys with drives at that distance. And even some of the shorter guys are going to get out there in distance. So it's not that dissimilar to what happened last week, except there's no real punishing holes. The guys are just, instead of the, the winning score going to be like minus 13, it's going to be like minus 24 or something like that. So it did correlate last year. And I don't know if it's going to change if it was a one-year blip or not. We won't know until the tournament is over, but strokes gained off the tee. Like if you were up there and strokes gained off the tee last year, like you basically finished inside the top 20. So I gave extra weighting to that. Now it wasn't that way. Two years ago, when Lashley won, it was more of approach and putting. Last year, it was driving and putting. Uh, and a lot of guys inside the top 20 lost strokes on approach somehow. They just drove it really well, and they putted really well. This is where we got into that discussion last year about what constitutes strokes gained approach versus strokes gained around the green, because Bryson kept hitting it so goddamn close to the hole. I got to be fully honest with you. For starters, we've got two winners. One of them was essentially the, the super chalk, and the other was a Monday quali who probably would have been north of 500 to one. Yeah, you could. Um, I, I, he didn't even end up eligible on my books. He was first round leader, too. So he wiped out the first round leader market and he wiped it. I don't think he was eligible on DraftKings that week. He was such a late entrant into the field. So it's such an anomaly. Like, okay, what are you supposed to learn from that? Like, I'm not here to say anyone can win. Like, like, I, you know, or a skill set. Also, I'll take it further and say, you know, if this is played on Canada Day weekend, I don't remember watching Lashley or Bryson win. I probably didn't watch them win. I go uh, up up north and and enjoy myself and get away. So. I don't know. This tournament's kind of a blur. I don't even know what, what I'm supposed to do. I feel like I want to bet yesterday. I'm like, I'm going to see this board. Great. And I don't, I don't have a clue, man. I don't have a clue. So uh, we, well, I remember discussing this with you a year ago and I think Bryson was five to one to win this event last year. And he's like plus plus seven fifty this time around, but it was kind of like either bet Bryson or just go to like 60 to one and bet five guys for the same price. And hopefully you get lucky. Like that's going to be my, it's not going to be a high investment week for me because uh, it is, it's a holiday weekend. Uh, people are going to be off. 
I probably won't be sticking around to watch a ton of the Rocket Mortgage, although it's kind of a fun, it's it's fun when you have like five guys try to see who can shoot 63 on Sunday in order to win. Like there is some appeal to that to me. I, I like watching a nice birdie fest from time to time, especially coming off the US Open and guys on the back nine at Travelers with all that wind really started to struggle going into it. So I, I think I'm going to take the approach of maybe, no, maybe, maybe bet one or two guys from like 25 to one to 40 to one and the rest will be like 70 to one plus. I mean, you were, I mean, you sort of laid it out like perfectly last week, whether you were on the right winner or not. You're like, no, it's a great week. You can build a fun little card. And you got to Sunday, like outside of Hitchcock, who ended up holding his weight the whole way, the entire like final eight guys on the course, six guys on the course were from that like 40 to 60 pocket. Bubba, Cam, English, Day, uh, you know, that was the race. So I, I, you know, I don't have a, I don't, I don't know. I guess I'm saying again, I don't know, but I do agree. I can never have the willpower to totally resist the good players. So that 20 to 40 to one, 25 to 40, 50 to one speaks to me, but I don't know. Tell me why the math works on this super bond that he's just gonna, gonna make it click. <laughs> well, let's talk about the favorites then. Bryson is plus 750, so seven and a half to one to win the event. Reed and Matsuyama, both 14. Webb Simpson, 18 to one. Zalatoris, 22s. Andercurse this week, by the way, after I wrote him up in my column. Kokrak is 25. Neiman, 28. Sungjae, Wolf, and Kisner are all 33 and 35 to one. Those are your favorites in this field. Uh, I'm thinking about betting Kokrak and Wolf. That's that's where my mind goes when I see this. I just so you're just playing like the Bryson profile. Yeah, just I'll, I'll, I'll play I'll play Bryson Light at four and five times the odds and hope that they have a better week. Bryson last year winning this event became the first player in the shot link era to be first in strokes gained off the tee and first in strokes gained putting in an event. Like that's he really had to get it going both off the tee, be the best off the tee and be the best on the greens to beat Wolf last year. It's just hard to see. I mean, he can definitely win. If he gets the irons going at all, he's probably going to win. But him replicating being the best putter in the field is going to be tough. Yeah, I agree. I will just say talking through some of the board here, I saw a post-round interview with Reed where he kind of, not to the same extent that like Brooks pointed out, but because Reed plays so much, and the reporter, I thought it was a great question, and I'm going to have to paraphrase because you think I should remember it when I think it was so good. But he's like, you play a lot. Like, you know, how do you sort of keep your focus? Like, how do you just stay with it, like, mentally through all, like, the rounds, competitive rounds of golf you play? And Reed's like, it's hard. I'm kind of in, like, a mental, like, blur right now in terms of of playing golf. Um Went from the U.S. Open, stopped at home for a couple of days, say hi to the kids, back on a plane to Hartford, uh, back on the plane. I'm sure he's probably even going back home to see the kids for a couple of days, back on the plane um, to Detroit. So, yeah, I, I mean, obviously this field, you could, if Reed has it, he could win with like. Listen, I, I, I don't want to get into the discussion of if Webb has it, he's going to win. Zalatoris has it, he's going to win. I agree. If any one of these top guys has it, they're going to win. So I, I just didn't like, I'm, I'm, I'm like uh, my minor in like psychology from Western. I don't think Patrick Reed is in a place to win this week. So he's going to win by seven, but that's just what I saw. 
anyone under 25 is a write-off for me. I'm silly enough to like still be enamored with Neiman's driving Pat. Um, and I want to say if he needs to rely on around the green, like he's already lost. So like, why should I care in terms yeah. of an outright bet? You could debate that for like DraftKings, but he's still been so good off the tee, you know, from a distance perspective. And I don't know, to me, the smallest thing's going to click and we're going to get it to three feet. I know you're waiting for that to happen in a couple of weeks, but I still feel it. I still it, feel it. it. It's just been really choppy for him. Like the, the driving and irons just haven't been as good as they were. Like they've been pretty pedestrian basically the past six weeks or so. He was pretty good at Charles Schwab, but not great. Really good at the U.S. Open ball striking. Uh, that's why he came T31. But even last week, he lost off the tee. He barely gained on approach. He actually chipped and putted pretty well last week. That's why he was able to stay in T36. Like, oh, he's just kind of middling around. I'd like to see a... I, I want to see him start playing a little bit better. And of course, if he gets it all together, like you said, he's one of the top players. He gets it together. He's going to win this week. I just don't necessarily see it. I don't think that's where I want my investment to go. I just think that someone like, like I said, like Kokrak is just being undervalued in this. He played this event two years ago, was one of the leaders in ball striking, couldn't chip, couldn't putt. I mean, that's, that's classic Jason Kokrak, except now he can putt. So if you can get that going. What, what did he do at the U.S. Open? He missed the cut. He was bad at the U.S. Open. He, I don't he, care. He was... He, there's a bunch of guys. I mean, there's good players who missed at the U.S. Open. I'm yeah, not... no, I, I agree. So it was, I, I was just curious. Yeah, he had, he was marginal off the tee, marginal around the greens, or marginal with his irons, bad around the greens. Like, he's not good around the greens. We know that. He just won a tournament when he kept leaving the ball in the fucking bunker. So not too concerned about <laughs> him. Like, he's won twice already this year. This seems like, like if it plays out that off the tee does mean a lot, like, we know that he can get the driver going really, really well. The irons can get hot. And he's just consistently been putting amazing. He's one of the best putters on tour this year. And I, this Really is, good. Yeah, it, no, you're absolutely, um, like, they're, you're absolutely right. Like, the one fact, question. The, the fact, that, hold on, hold on. The fact that his name is Jason Kokrak means that I'm seeing him at 28 to 1 right now. That feels disrespectful for the performance that he's put up in the past year. Like, I think that Neiman is overall a better player. I think that Sungjae is overall a better player. But they're not better players this year by any, it's not even close. Kokrak is way better than them. So either those guys should be 50 to 1 or Kokrak should be like 18 to 1 with Webb Simpson. I mean, I don't think you are wrong. It's like even someone said, like, you know, I'm an idiot, Tony Finau. It's kind of sad what happened to him, especially after a bad U.S. Open. He's like, Finau's not better than Harmon. Like, you would never take that long range. But, like, right now, like, Harmon would crush his crushing Finau. Like, in every, almost in every discernible way. So, yeah, I guess all that matters is, is in the moment. What would, because it's just sort of part of a longer range conversation we've had. What do you think Corey Connors' odds would be if he was here this week? 33 to one. I think he'd be with Sung Jay. Yeah. So I get right there. Yeah. Jason Kokrak. You're kind of really selling me on, um, on Kokrak and just sort of how complete he was sort of snapping into like the guy was electric around the greens. And he's always kind of been a, a fabulous or on the greens, on around the greens, the greens or a prop. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take that back. But if you got a scramble here outside of needing that clutch par save on the weekend or, at a point in the round to keep momentum. Like if you're not just crushing greens and reg, then, then I don't, you're already dead in terms of the outright doesn't mean you can't get by in your rosters. There's a guy North of, we stopped at 40, right? Yeah. Okay. I'll let you, if you got anything else to say, Sungjae is tempting, man. I mean, Sungjae's, say, when like, was the last time Sungjae played well? 
for four rounds, it's been forever, but he has these flashes. He's been crazy, like day to day within rounds, like the swings, man. Yeah, do you, do you know who, what? do you know who else is doing that is fucking Dustin? Yeah, I guess in many ways, Dustin has been doing that a lot. Yeah. Like you'll just see him be like birdie, 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 triple bogey. It's like, what the hell is going on here? You are, you are not, you are not wrong, but, uh, and I guess Wolf, we're just taking feeling good profile. Well, I, go, here's man. the thing. Like, I, I haven't bet. I bet on Co. I'm actually, I have not bet on Kokrak or Wolf yet. Those are the two that I want to bet on. And cause I'm kind of terrified of Bryson running away with it or Webb just going out and making all of his putts and Webb just returns to Webb form. This is a Donald Ross course. So guys that play well at Wyndham and play well with their wedges should theoretically do pretty fine here. Hey, Wolf. Plays well at Bryson-type places. Uh, that's just sort of like his corollary player. He finished second at this tournament last year. Now, do we take what we saw at the U.S. Open from Wolf, or do we take what we saw last week at the Travelers when he was god-awful from Wolf? That is he just one of these guys that he might have more win equity, almost like Reed in a way. Like, Reed is supremely, not necessarily overvalued. He's probably properly valued or a little bit overvalued at 14 to 1. But when you get him up against all of the best guys and he's 40 to 1, he's actually a value because he can beat all those guys. Wolf kind of feels the same way as Kokrak. Like, there's no respect on his name, but we know he can win. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. You bet Wolf. Like, part of me, I'm betting Wolf. Or when I do bet Wolf, you're kind of banking on, you were just betting on like a natural born winner. Not only do I want this bet to get to Sunday, but uh, if it did get there, I I would I would trust them in any situation that wasn't against like one of the top four guys on the board, which is always the likely scenario in a field like this. Like even got English last week, he didn't have to beat Bryson or Brooks in a playoff, or uh, remind me of another elite that uh, higher a Cantley in a playoff who probably would have made a birdie in the first seven holes. He got to play Kramer Hickok and they got to exchange great par saves. And then yeah, he finally, well, he, he got to, he got to play with Kramer Hickok, who was Anderkirst going into the playoff. So that was not good news for him no, trying to get, he actually wasn't Anderkirst going into the playoff Pat though, but it, I think it happened on the second playoff hole. English immediately hits a fried egg bunker shot. And Tim like moments after that, but, but he saves par with a great little up and down um, as I guess both players did. Um, in that playoff multiple times but yeah that was the power of it and speaking of the ander curse i'm sure we're gonna get some heavy attempt reverse cursing this afternoon tonight as you're already listening as it pertains to the coupe stanley yes the coupe de stanley uh all of canada not supporting the canadians <laughs> i am though I, I mean, I don't care anymore, just because I don't care about hockey, but I always, the moment I moved to Toronto, I started rooting for the Canadians, just because I found it funny that they were still better than Toronto, although yeah, on paper yeah. they were not, and then Leafs fans would get very triggered by the entire thing. So I guess I'm kind of, I, listen, I enough of you my friends- You worked in newsrooms? You went to school in Toronto? You worked in sports newsrooms in Toronto? That just breeds a dislike for the Toronto Maple Leafs, unless you have a natural born love for them, you will just dislike them. So I understand that. Yeah. And at least how like, it's been a while. It's been since 93, since the Habs won the cup, obviously, but at least they have, you know, lots of Stanley cups like that. When you have like the Tims of the world talking about it, like, yeah, they won when I 
just like oh, they, they won when Tim was six or something like that. But I have enough Canadians fans in my life that I want to be happy for them. I don't really have a team. I don't really care. So I prefer that those guys end up being happy about it. And we'll see how it goes. I'd be so pumped for Morency. Like I might have to get Morency yeah. on the show if they win. Like he is going to be like, didn't he fly to Montreal? Yeah, he is on one right now. I'm happy for all my friends uh, who are hardcore, lifelong loyals. Uh, you know, anytime, anytime something like this goes. And, and you want to talk about, like, I remember when the Canucks lost the cup, there was that riot in Vancouver. Montreal is going to riot regardless of outcome for every game. That's going to happen. Yeah. Like, it's going to be a, it's going to be a tough scene in Montreal downtown. When it comes to paying off debt, it can often feel like an uphill battle. High interest rates resulting in minimum monthly payments keeps you in an endless cycle of debt. Upstart can help you get ahead. Upstart is the fast and easy way to pay off your debt with a personal loan all online. Whether it's paying off credit cards, consolidating high interest debt, or funding personal expenses, over half a million people have used Upstart to get a simple, fixed monthly payment. And unlike other lenders, Upstart looks at more than your credit score like your income and employment history. This means they can offer smarter rates with trusted partners. With a five-minute online rate check, you can see your rate upfront for loans between $1,000 to $50,000. And you can receive funds as fast as one business day after accepting your loan. Find out how Upstart can lower your monthly payments today when you go to upstart.com slash mayo. That's upstart.com slash mayo. Don't forget to use our URL to let them know that we sent you. Loan amounts will be determined based on your credit, income, and certain other information provided in your loan application. Go to upstart.com slash mayo. Um, there's a couple guys in this next range who I think, well, I, I'm confident you're going to bet one of them, but I right, think well, one of them will be super popular. Okay, let's go 40 to 100. I can tell you the guys that I have already bet from this range. Yes. Yeah, you, you can you can have a guess here. Okay, well, I think you already teed up on Twitter that you're betting Homa. Yeah, so he, he's down to, count. I bet him at 75. He's down to 70 now. I took the each way with him. I just, he's sort of, I mean, Siwoo is down here now too. I'll probably end up betting Siwoo now that his odds have normalized once again. But Homa's been so erratic that it's actually, he's actually becoming a good guy to bet on because he wins. But when he doesn't play well, it's not like he's T2. Like he came T6, like he went 10th, miscut, miscut, 6th, miscut, miscut, 6th, miscut, miscut. Those are his past nine events on the PGA Tour. And when you have an erratic player like that, like it really means nothing in the outright winning market, whether he comes, would it be better if he was coming T67 and making cuts or missing the cut? No. In fact, him missing the cut is actually helping us in the betting market. I totally agree with that and your point from the outright betting market as we're talking about it, and that's what matters here. That's all you kind of want. Like, I'll take my boomer bust guys. You're banking on, on the boom. That's it. If they bust, it's worth as much as that Bubba ticket you bet last week, even though it lasted longer. Like, it's the same. It's the same. And, and it's obviously one of, it, Hickok well, it, it, it's brought one, out. It, it, well, hold on. It's one of these things like with Bubba, what Bubba went back to. He's like, just give me a chance to be there on Sunday. And, you know, I'm going to win sometimes. And Homa has put himself in an opportunity to win on Sunday in three of his past nine events. There's very few players who can say that. Uh, Very true. I would be shocked, especially the way you're, like, enjoying happy place Bubba, 
if you wouldn't go back to him this week, Pat, at the 45 to one, I mean, you're taking the, the skill set of the Bryson mashing. Doesn't Bubba fit perfectly on your Kokrak Wolf card? I think that he has the right skill set for it, but uh, Bubba Watson, two years played at this course, not very good results. <laughs> okay. Not a Bubba. I'm not seeing this as a Bubba track for me. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I did. I just, I think- I, hold on. I just did bet Kokrak at 28 to one. I went and scanned the market and 28 was the best number that was out there. There's a lot of 25s and 28s. I didn't see any 33s, but if yeah. there is, I'll, I'll probably, you know, put a, I'll add on 10 bucks at 33 just to, just so I can say that I got that number too. Yeah. Yeah. You got to do that sometimes. I've been there. Um, another guy, I think he's going to be uber popular. The betting line is telling me he's going to be popular. Uh, that's Doc Redman, right? Was it here in Minnesota where he was great? Here. It might have been here. I feel like really easy courses. People love to bet him. That's sort of where he has joined birdie parties. He can flash crazy rounds. But but you could get him at, at a number that is surrounded by guys who are better win a little more. I mean, I mean, considering Doc Redmond has never won, uh, I would say that a lot of these other guys have probably won more. He's playing really like his approach game is on point right now. He could not drive the ball for shit last week. And we haven't really seen a spike putting week from him in ages, which is really strange. Uh, he's putting really well right now. Like he's gained in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven consecutive events, which is really strange because at the beginning of the year, he was so horrible on the greens. He's really turned that around. But we're not getting one of those like plus six and a half, plus eight and a half weeks where I think you're going to need one of those to win this type of event, unless you're just completely lights out ball striking. And the driving has been straight up bad for Doc Redmond, even through like his better stretch. Like he was ninth at Byron Nelson. He was second at Palmetto. It's funny because he has the second at Palmetto, but he really never had a chance to win that week. That it was kind of strange. That's one that he go won when everyone just bled back to the field. Yeah. English included. Uh, yeah, no, his just number right, right around you know, Keegan, Hoffman, Woodland, even, you know, even Ricky, who did a lot of people self-included uh, dirty last. Uh... I, I, I guess my, my response would be, why would it be Doc Redmond at 50 to one when I could bet Siwoo at 66 and Homa at 70? Like those guys win. Uh, yeah, that's good. That's a good point. Now, the, I it, got nothing. It, it, Maybe I won't end up betting on Wolf because I, I have some interest in Woodland, weirdly enough. Oh, I like that. I don't know why. I just feeling like he's it's the summer of he Gary. Up. Summer of Gary's coming back 2.0. No, the ball striking has kind of come around. We saw, I mean, I don't know how how, how fair it is or how far well, how far I can go back to be fair, you know, but to wave some good flags, Wells Fargo. PGA championship was sort of, you know, there's maybe in that home away, it's like either really good or really bad, but at outright of 50 to one versus this field, like who cares? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel more comfortable even with Wolf right now, just cause I've seen that. Like, I mean, th- through three rounds of the U S open, he was amazing. And even when he was playing poorly, he was still making like, I guess the difference between something like the U S open and a place like this, like through three rounds last year, Matthew Wolf had 25 birdies plus Eagles, which was the most on tour last season of anyone through three rounds. Like even at the U S open, he made like eight birdies in one round. Like the scoring's not a problem. It's just, you're probably not going to make triple bogeys at this course. Like you do at a U S open. 
that is a great point. He gets to score like he's going to score without the landmines to sort of derail all of it. Um, no, he, he's, I can make the same case with Woodland, who it seemed like PGA Championship, U.S. Open, every time we're feeling good, landmine. Yeah. I mean, I'll just go look up birdie, birdie and bogey rate right now for these guys and see what's going on. Birdie rate gained. Homa is actually number one in the field over the past 50 rounds. Charlie, Bryson, Grio, Wolf, Kokrak, Tringali, Reed, Mav McNeely. I totally forgot about Maverick McNeely with a small green course last week. We're back to another one right now, too. So, uh, Willett. Oh, your boy Willett. He's up there. Okay, I made one bet on this tournament. Let's just say, because I saw one book had him at 66 and one book had him at 125. So I bet on Willett because I don't know. Seems like 125 will probably be the number that books normalize to, but I bet Willett at 125. Despite this being his first start after like appendicitis operation or something he had recently. Yeah, I see him on one place at 80, one place at 125 right now, and another place at 80. So. Maybe the 125 number is actually the big number. I bet you when DraftKings Sportsbook drops the odds that they're going to have him in like the 125, 150 range. Yeah, uh, I know that's a little farther back than we were we were talking. Um, so um, uh, the the other two from this range, like I wrote up Straka, uh, T8, T11, the first two years at this event, uh, plays easy courses and birdie fest really, really well. And you know, coming off a of T10 last week, he finally, after three missed cuts, got his game back together a little bit. So I bet Strzok at 90. And I bet Shez at 92. It just seemed really low for Shez, who, again, had a really good ball striking week at Travelers, couldn't make a putt. Like, you have to catch him on the week that he actually makes putts. But again, he's another guy who I want to see do well on the greens. And I think that he can get to that, like, minus 20, minus 21 number. He's going to give himself enough 11-foot birdie putts to make it happen. I got, uh, I'm just sort of scanning through the numbers, uh, here. Uh, yeah, Shez, I don't know. He's not, he's not for, for me. I don't know whether I got to force myself back to Grio here, Pat. It was my one and done last week. Uh, he's still flirting at a 70 to one here, which uh, I think it was what 70, 80 to one last week. He had that five under push to try to get to the cut Friday. I don't know. I don't know. I might. I, just for my own peace of mind, I, I think I got to toss him on this uh, card. That's probably just going to be a bunch of guys deeper. Yeah, I'll probably, I've been passing on Griot. So I used him on DraftKings. That didn't work out, but I'll probably go back to him on DraftKings. I was surprised that Keegan's number was still so high at 45 coming off back-to-back miscuts. Yeah, he was, he was pretty popular last week. Um, don't really have a thought on him. He's not a guy you're really going to see me uh bet on my eyes just kind of go through him um sometimes although i think i did bet him at honda and he did contend but that is what it is i don't know i, I feel like i haven't seen noren play in a while i'm seeing his number a lot lower than i thought it would be like you thought that 80 was too like what did you think it was going to be okay 80 seems fair that's higher than uh than what i'm looking at well, the one that I actually had the biggest question about, maybe I'll pass on Wolf. Just take Coke Rack from that top end. Like, he'll be like my horse this week. I'm seeing Higo at 50. Like, why not? Why, why not? Same number as his win. Yeah, same sort of field. I could argue worse field just in Nea. No, I mean, Brooks and, Brooks and Dustin were at the other one. Like, realistically, there, there's nine players inside the top 50 Equal field, week. equally shit field, right? Equally, equal field. 
Yeah, 50 seems to be the best number. I'm seeing a 50, 50, and 40 in the four places that I'm looking at. Maybe that's the one. Maybe that's the guy here. And that's that's how I kind of round it out. And I go with like Higo, Homa, Straka, Siwoo, and Shez with Kokrak, and that's the six. I you know what I don't know why I didn't mention it because that kind of stuck out to me not so much like I'm ready to bet this Higo but like man that 50 they're like they don't really care about this guy they don't get any respect off a win um and the event like since is a major championship like who gives a shit how he, he played in that he he missed the cut last week uh no no he didn't he did not play last week no because i'm looking at gary woodland he go missed the cut last week at the travelers but gained off the tee gained on approach he lost four strokes around the green in two rounds which is pretty atypical for his game because usually he has great touch around the green so just a bad week around the greens gained everywhere else and apparently it's hurt his number i've I'd go to it. Why not? And when we saw him win on the European tour, it was at all these fucking birdie fests. Yes, that is true. Birdie parties is where he did sort of show up. Palmetto birdie party. Yeah. Birdie birdie Uh, party. that got tough towards the end because everyone gagged it away. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not like, see some really annoying odds books at the moment. I tell you. Yeah, well, when you get a weak field, you just get bad numbers on everyone. Like, numbers that you expect basically take off 40%, and that's what the numbers are going to be. But I guess the field is weak, and as we've already pointed out with a couple guys, when the fields are bad, a couple things. A, the disparity seems so much larger than sort of, you know, stronger field events from, you know, the wide range of options. And when the fields are bad like this, like nut low kind of, you can catch some real sneaky things live because the books like having we, we, we talk about this every bad event, but they take a long time to sort of register who some of these guys are and to respect that they're actually playing well and to realize it's stupid golf. And these guys sort of kind of win all the time, at least like regularly enough. By that, I mean like stupid numbers or stupid world rankings um, that kind of can sometimes mean mean nothing um did, did you know yeah. that max homa in the world rankings is the eighth highest ranked player in this field i'm not surprised to hear that and he is like probably 40th in the betting 50, odds <laughs> but but over 50 to 1 is he the only like no, is he the high, like, yeah, he's the highest ranked player. Him and Siwoo are pretty close in the world rankings, but it's him and Siwoo. You know what? I'm going to do that with you. I'm glad I talked you into losing your money. Sorry. No, I don't care. Well, it just is what it is, but that makes, that makes a lot of sense. All right, let's go to the 100-plus range. I'll probably have to continue going down with my guy, the Gim Reaper, who, as I was informed by someone who was at the course at the Travelers, his coach said that he actually prefers the name Gim Chi, which is pretty good. He does now, does he? Sorry, just getting looking at bad HOMA numbers. Uh, but anyway, so he's he's 140 right now. He'll probably be like 200 by the time... Uh, let's see if I can just even pull up an even better number on Gim right now. Gim, 
175 to 1. There we go. That's an even better number. What about Gim here? 150 to 1. So 125, 140, 125, and 175. No one's going to be betting Gim. And just one of my guys. So him and Siwoo are going to be the two FOMO bets of the week. Other than that, essentially all I did was just run a model on Fantasy National past 12 rounds. So recent form with some of these guys. Norlander's 200 to 1. He's fourth in the model. Yeah, he was popping early, right? When we were out west. Um, it seemed like he had a bit of life. I guess was that earlier this this tournament? He played he played well at this tournament in the past. I believe he was twelfth in twenty twenty last year. Couldn't putt, couldn't Didn't, chip, uh, led T to green. Hasn't EVR shown a little life that maybe we could get back there? Why do you think that? Is it because is every he... tournament he makes four birdies in a row and you notice it on Twitter, but you don't notice like the eight bogeys in a row? I noticed it on the PGA leaderboard more so than Twitter. But yes, the bogeys in, in, uh, inevitably come. But it does feel like he held a place somewhere on a leaderboard recently. Okay. So I guess that's why. So, so here is the recent form. Since the beginning of May, EVR is miscut, 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 miscut. Tenth at Palmetto, miscut. There it is. Tenth at Palmetto. I knew I'd like... It's a bad run, and now I'm not going to bet EVR. I would have probably looked into something like that before I would have bet EVR, but I I did have it in my memory that he did show up somewhere. Um, are so we the, at super bomb time yet? Yeah, yeah, we're we're 100 to one in above. So Norlander, I got one. Then hold on, just Norlander, Piercy, Laird, McCumber, and Lebiota are all guys who rank top 20 in the short-term modeling for the stats coming into this event and are all at least 200 to 1. Like, they're 200 to 1 and up. McCumber is 400 to 1. Like, those are the type of guys that can win this this specific event. They could be live. Okay. I'm going to go a little shorter than that, but we're above 150 still, Pat. Sebastian Munoz. Munoz. He kind of flirts with some good, some bad, but... uh... His, the, his recent form, miscut, third, miscut, miscut, miscut. God damn, where was that third? Charles Schwab, and he gained 10.2 strokes putting. Okay, also, some of those miscuts have to be insane. Well, the U.S. Open, really I thought he was winning the U.S. Open when I went to bed on Thursday evening. I woke up, and he was like plus two somehow. Okay, I guess so, yeah. Because I'm like, yeah, he's must have had some real insane moments because he's missed some cuts where you where his probably probability to make the cut um, would have been quite high. Uh, so I am I I do have memories of like, geez, I don't know. I guess maybe just play him Thursday showdown before his Friday meltdown. Maybe because he was one of those guys that didn't finish on Thursday. He had to come out on Friday morning and play. Okay. I don't know. Um, what about Damon? What about him? He just ha- he hasn't been playing much at all, but in two of his past three starts, Memorial and the PGA, I don't know how he didn't get into the U.S. Open, but he gained over four strokes on approach in two of those three starts. Uh, very good at opportunities gained. You know, he's a janky putter. Sometimes it's good. A lot of the times it's really bad. I don't know. Maybe he doesn't have quite enough distance at this course where he can like really take advantage of it. Whatever happened to Cam Davis? Remember when he was good? 
Yeah, I was actually just looking at him, and my mind is was just like, why can't I bet on Wilco this week? Yeah, where is Wilco? Is he back? Is he playing the Irish? I don't know. He's not here. Speaking of the Irish, I saw Rory at plus 450. That's the shortest I've seen a straight-up golf bet in a really long time pre-tournament. Yeah, on DraftKings Sportsbook, hey, he's, he just got moved to 450. He was at 4-1 to one to kick everything off. Is this the place where Ryan Fox won, beat like Russell Knox on that like really long putt, or was it the other way around? Is it this course? That I can... sounds about right, because I'm usually at that cottage this weekend that I'm remembering in my head right now, and that happened there. Yeah, that's one of the, that, I mean, I remember watching that one. I mean, it stuck out so well, I can't remember what course is what. But I, I really like this this Euro run. And, and NBC does really good coverage of the Scottish Open next week. I really wish they would get their ass over there and do this one too, because it's a good field. I'm I'm actually surprised more American PGA players don't go over and play it. Like it doesn't seem like any of them are playing in the if you're not European, you're probably not playing this week over in Ireland. Like you're not getting like a random Patrick Reed saying, like, remember when I guess it was unfair the last time that the Ryder Cup was like when everyone went over and played the French Open that year when the Ryder Cup was there. Uh, just so they can yeah. get some reps at that course. Like, I wish they would do that with the Irish, because they uh, some of them play the Scottish next week if you've qualified for the Open. But I'd like to see this field get a little bit better. Yeah, none, totally, none of them. Totally agree. Um, some names. Are you trying to Harry name Hanks. names? Yeah. Oh, he's Harry. I- How come he's not playing over in the Irish Open, his National Open? <laughs> Uh, hair eggs. The, the, the books are on to Ryan Armour, by the way. He, he was in the second to final group with Bryson and Wolf last time, last year at this event. Playing pretty well coming in. He's, he's third in the modeling right now, uh, over the past 12 hours, like the very, very short term. Kevin Chappell is super high up too, strangely enough. I don't know why exactly, but he's there. He's made two cuts in a row. Oh, that's, that's probably why. I also, uh... I know it's a very in vogue thing to say, but that kid, uh, Ekro, he's here. And, uh, who, Two Face? Is he Two Face? I, I don't know a- what that means. Aaron, Aaron Eckhart? Oh, yes. Get it now. There we are. Austin Eckrat. I don't know. Is he like legit? Like I don't, I don't really know much about him. Like there was so much made about, and it's because they had so much success right away. But, like the Hovland Morikawa Wolf year, and even like Bryson and Vit, like Bryson when he came out, and even Neiman, like these guys played at the Masters and they were good at the Masters, and you got to see them a bunch. It's kind of the opposite of that, like Tyler Strafani guy, whatever the hell his name is, like where you see him at all the majors, you're like this guy is terrible. Like well, what's going on with him? <laughs> <laughs> like why is he thirty over par? But he's in every featured uh, group. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. But I, I don't know where this guy falls kind of on the pantheon of that. Like, is he a bet at 200 to 1? Is he any better than that, like, Davis Thompson guy who is not playing? Or John? I Pat- think, like, Sky will be betting him, but I don't, like, like you it, could it, argue that's is he good bet- enough. But it, sometimes is he better like than, those guys. Is he better than John Pack, who's 500 to 1? I believe so. Okay. That's interesting. Because Pack was like the NCAA player of the year, wasn't he? Wasn't didn't this guy win like, I don't know. It's all a blur. I got a memory of this guy with the trophy, the important one, though. What's the important one? 
don't know, for the amateurs. I don't know. I think John Pack won like the Hogan Award or something like that. Anyway, I, I probably will. Maybe I'll bet on Pack first round leader or something. And maybe this is a breakthrough spot for him. This course, I think, correlates a little bit more with like Corn Ferry players. It correlates with college players because it's an easy course. <laughs> that makes sense. There was, oh, I was I, I, 66 is, I, to one. I didn't realize Hadwin was 66 to one. I thought he'd be lower than that. Why, why is he 66 to one? I don't have a clue. I'm seeing Snedeker on a certain book at 50 to one, Pat. Uh, he's 80 everywhere else. Well, I don't, uh, I don't have a clue. I, I honestly don't. I don't know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. All right. Normally these conversations help me this well, this event, like I, uh, my interest, I got more interest in events that happen across from NFL Sundays than I do about this one. Yeah. The, the RSM, this is like worse than an RSM field, although it has a lot of the same names. And if you want that home, a number at 70 or 75, go get it. Cause I'm seeing it at 50 in some spots. Same as C Wu. Which right, is, a, I'll bet that right now, which is a better number. I, like I said, I played the each way on it. So quick picks for the Rocket Mortgage. I'll have my full cheat sheet released on Wednesday. You can find the cheat sheet show along with DraftKings ownership and the weather uh, podcast-wise on Daily Fantasy Sports, Picks and Bets, The Mix. So go subscribe to that with all the other content that's up there. The video will be on Mayo Media Network, so no need for that. And I'll put it in the newsletter as well if you just want to see like the written-out version of what's on the cheat sheet. But here's what I got cooking. Coke Rack, I'm in on 28 to 1. I've bet that already. I bet Homa at 75 to 1 with the top five each way. See, woo, Kim, 70 to 1 with the top five each way. Seb Straka and Shez Reevy, 90 to 1 with the top five each way. You know, I'll be talked into the Gim Reaper at some point. And I am going to bet Norlander uh, at 200 to 1 with the top five each way. I'm going to do that as we speak right now. Oh, now he's been cut to 160 already. All right, I got to go find a better number on Norlander because I waited those three minutes and his odds changed. But I think that he's in good shape this week, uh, at least based on the short-term numbers. What do you got? I could still see a 200 for Norlander, but you can't get the each way on it. So I don't know. I think I want. I think I want that each way. I'd have to look at yeah, what because the, th- the top five market isn't out yet, um, and the top five on the 160 is probably worth taking the shot on even with like the outright win. Cause when I look at the top five on another side, it'll be like one fourth with the each way on is. Uh, you Jason Kokrak, 28 to one Max Homa 70 to one. So I'm going to follow you there. Uh, I'm anticipating betting Gary Woodland. Uh, I guess sort of like Woodland and like, there's just been peak moments enough where I'm just going to hope this is a peak week they miss the cut i might not even be watching and uh outside of uh in the longer shots i've been on will it at 125 to one i don't even whatever you can make what you want of that and uh, munoz 200 sort of in like a, a poor 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 man's version of a guy that is gonna peak or be horrible um i, I like munoz <laughs> okay one and dones for the week at the rocket mortgage you're coming off a miscut, Hoffman. Oh, I th- got a bit. Gr- Do I got a bit Grillo though? Shit, I don't know how. I'm... I don't have to make the decision now, but obviously, I, I won and done Grillo last week. He charged on Friday to leave a taste in my mouth that is palatable. Uh, I could be back there on um, on Grillo. What did Scheffler end up coming last week? 
totally forgot he was, oh, he was plus two. So I won the week with Charlie Hoffman, uh, who did not finish all that well. I think he finished T36 or something like that. Is Kadira not playing this week? Is he just a name I overlooked? He is. Oh, he is playing. I saw a big number. What, what's his big number? I got to go find it again because I'm now I'm on a different book, but I did see his name on the list. Uh, I'll probably end yeah. up betting Kadira too because I've just been betting. 170, uh, 175 is not a great number. He's 300. I'm seeing week. 250, but this comes without an each way, so I don't know if you want that. Now, I might just bet a top 10 on him or something like that. Anyway, one and dones for the week. Cust is taking Will Zalatoris. I've already used Kokrak, so I can't take him. I'll use Matthew Wolf as my one and done. To you. Oh. Actually, you know geez. what? Fuck it. I'm going to change. I'm going to use Max Homa because I bet him. I did. might not bet Wolf, but I have bet Homa, so I'll use him. Back to you. I don't know. Give me Hideki. But I don't think like this you have, rare you, you have used Hideki at the Farmer's oh. Insurance Open. Wow. You can use Coke Rack. Okay, sure. Give me past the coke rack. They'll be doing a lot of that in Montreal this week. <laughs> they, they certainly will on the streets, especially if the Habs... <laughs> uh, do you think it'll be more or less if the Habs win or lose? Honestly, I just kind of want to be... I don't even care about the game, like the team, go, the game. Like I Going to Montreal for an after party if they win should be considered... It would be electric. You got, you got, you got, I think in order to travel there this weekend, I think you need to have both doses for two and have had it for two weeks. So I can't go, but I think you can. No, I'm not two weeks on my second, but I'm close. Yeah, by the time oh, they... By, maybe by the time, like, they would win the series because I don't think they're going to win, but whatever. Yeah, either way. Let's go I don't ahead. even know if I'm cheering for them. Oh, well, Cust is, Cust is working his black magic, picking against him already. said they're going to be swept, like he has said in every series so far. It's working. I might actually bet on, I don't know. They're plus 250 to win the series. Yeah, but how much are they to get swept and Cust be right? <laughs> uh, that I don't know. Also, I want to tell you, Pat, I felt really dumb yesterday. You would be disappointed. I got really cocky. Hickok was seven to one on 18 T. I was like, I really should do this. Like I have English. I should do this. I didn't do it. And then I, it ended up working because I forbid to hedge at like plus plus one ten. Once I stared down that seven and said, I don't need this, which was a bad move. Oh man. Uh, I, 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 listen, I, I don't right. hold anything against you with that. Cause I do the same fucking thing when like I did it with Guido and bland, uh, over at the Betfred where I looked at bland. He was like plus 400. I was like, ah, well, fuck. I mean, with two holes to go, Guido's most definitely going to make birdie on this par five. And then there won't be a playoff. And then of course he didn't. And then bland ended up winning and I won. I got my top five out of it, but I could have hedged out for, you know, a lot less than I would. And then I got to the playoff and it's like, oh, it's like even money. Fuck this. I'm just going to ride it out at this point. But I could have easily hedged out. Even Cantlay. I did hedge out on that going into the playoff with Morikawa, but he was the favorite coming down the stretch for a while with Morikawa. And I was like, oh, I can just take Morikawa at three to one. Didn't do it because I got fucking greedy. Um, and I guess I've come over through for my juju of my um, Riviera playoff loss to Homa with Finau because I got Cantley and english like 
coin flip playoff wins. So there we go. I can't be mad next time I drop a playoff. I'm still kind of mad though. Streb beat Kisner in football season. That that playoff loss still pisses me off. I mean, that I, I, well, it's funny because that guy, Streb beat Kisner at the RSM and the year before I had Webb. Webb was the only guy I bet that week at a, a pretty low number. He was the favorite. But I was like, yeah, Webb's going to run away with this. He lost to fucking Tyler Duncan in a playoff. So we okay. should, the move is actually just to hedge every time, and then you just have money. Yes, I guess. But I was like, Hickok doesn't have the stones to Bernie eighteen. Well, what one thing that you don't do that I saw a bunch of people do is they had either Bubba or English tickets, and they hedged on the other guy. Now it worked out if you hedge your Bubba money onto English, but if you hedge your English money onto Bubba, you kind of got a scare. I've fallen victim. I've done like I learned the hard way about trying to hedge when there's multiple guys in the running it's trap doors yeah just you, you don't do it it's a waste of money and you might just end up with a double loss by the end of the day yeah like unless it's a very it's clear one v one situation you just don't do it yeah but that's the thing like that's why i was kind of mad about with the hickok because like that one v one and i got the seven on the out um yeah i don't know like that's different that was that was just greedy I just like, who's this kid? Like he doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have the stones for this. And then it was a long two hours. No. And you can even do like, if you see him at seven to one, one thing that I actually did start to do a few times and I kind of got away from it was if I was in a situation like that and it was like plus 500 plus 600 plus 700. And I had the guy in first, I'd throw like 50 bucks on the 70 to one. Uh, which didn't cover like the full hedge, obviously, on what my guy would be. But once they like would get to a playoff, then I would reassess and be like, okay, like essentially whatever I would have for money in for the week, I would use as the hedge on the other guy. And then just kind of like, oh, I get to the playoff, either I'm winning my money back for the week or I'm going to win a bunch because my guy still won. Like that's another way you can do it. Yeah, always smart. And I guess in the end, I got lucky. I did nothing and my guy hit the pot. So there's. Yeah, I might, uh, the guy that I forgot to mention, I, I, I actually might bet Higo at 50 to 1. Actually, you know what? I'm going to do that right now. No each way. Let's do this. Higo. 50 bucks on Higo, 50 to 1, pay me 2,500 bucks. Let's have it, Jeff. Let's have a, have a rip on Garrick Higo for us. Let's have a rip. Um, yo, I guess, so what do you make of, what's going to happen to all those people that never want a better roster answer again? I know. I, I went over that. I called them the scum of the universe, the people who tweeted me on Thursday morning about answer. I mean, one, I guess it didn't matter because the guys got to minus 13, but he was like a foot away from putting it to a foot on the 72nd hole, and he hit that weird hill, and it bounced across the green somehow. But yeah. I mean, he played great for the final three rounds. Great. You'd be yeah. shocked that the, you'd be shocked. I, I didn't know this. Maybe that's what that's the problem. I mean, I do know this. Maybe people who rostered answer didn't know this is that they don't actually cut people after the first day. They, they let them have at least two rounds to play. Okay. That's important. Yeah, that's if you, important. Once you know that it becomes a little bit different at a course where 63s are available. And it's like definitely the winning strategy to just never play like really good consistent golfers ever. Well, if they if they do you wrong, I like it. All right, Jeff Feinberg, G Feinberg seventeen. Uh, enjoy your uh, your weekend away. It sounds like fun. Yeah, I don't know. I don't even know how away it's going to be, but just for uh, for a couple of uh, days. I don't know. Canada Day here. So 
I have the research show that came out yesterday, this show today, DraftKings tomorrow, football, football Wednesday and Thursday, and I'm playing golf with Cust on Wednesday afternoons. Or, so see if I can run my money record to 2-0 versus him. I'm, to, I'm looking forward to hearing about it. <laughs> when, we, when we go to Cabot, we might have to have to stream those days and see how we play. Yes, that would be something. Be- uh, definitely windy Oceanside. Let everybody watch. <laughs> Apparently, like it's not a hard course if it's not windy, but there's always 30 mile per hour winds. Yeah, that's sort of how what those courses are. It's like a British Open, right? Yeah. Like, it's not hard if it's not windy, but... <laughs> But it's always windy. All right, dude. Uh, I'll let you get out of here. You can follow Jeff, like I said, on Twitter at gfeinberg17, fantasynational.com slash mayo for 20% off. A monthly brings you through the British Open. So now is a great time to go check that out or get the an- or just wait till the British Open and then get an annual. Then you'll go British Open to British Open. And boom. You never have to worry about it. And you get the best discount possible. 20% off plus an annual membership going along with it at the pme on twitter my cheat sheet will be out on wednesday if you're looking for the audio version of that it's on the mix podcast feed not the pat mayo experience podcast feed so please go subscribe to that if you want to listen to the final thoughts of the week and i'll have some final thoughts in the newsletter plus some more research as well listeners league link in the description of the video and podcast thank you all for watching good luck this week on pat mayo i'll see you next time this is the story of the one as head of maintenance at a concert hall he knows the show must always go on that's why he works behind the scenes ensuring every light is working the hvac is humming and his facility shines with Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces plus 24 7 customer support his venue never misses a beat call quickgranger.com or just stop by Granger for the ones who get it done